And I thought about doing something like this for you know a very long time since I was a kid. I just never thought it was uh, within my capability. And uh, reading some of these books, uh, I find it's you know totally within my realm. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, trying to help you find adventure every day in any stage of life. You're going to hear from explorers, adventurers, business owners, and anyone living their life a little more out of the box than usual. Hey folks, welcome to the show. Uh, Today we're talking to Tom Knox. He is, you know average everyday guy he's got a family he's got a job doesn't get a whole lot of time off and he's using a a three-week break to bike the length of the u.s west coast to raise support for alzheimer's something that uh, his mother suffered from and uh, that trip is actually in honor of his parents who always have wanted to drive the u.s west coast which is i have to say an amazing drive or bike ride it is a beautiful stretch of country and we're talking to Tom right before he goes. And and I know we've kind of done a lot of these lately, these everyday folk who are getting ready to do an adventure, and we get to hear from them right before they leave. If you don't like those, let me know. I love them because it's, it's just so relatable to hear from somebody who is doing something that's really out of the box for themselves and who isn't sponsored. You know, I'm not sponsored, and I'm sure you're not either. There might be a few of you out there, but most of us are not. Tom comes from a line of adventurous people. His father just started a ski resort one day. Um, pretty cool. It's still in operation up in Canada. But be sure to follow Tom. His uh, his Facebook will be in the show notes. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, non-alcoholic craft beer. That's right, non-alcoholic. Because if you're like Tom and you're training for something, you know what you intake, what you eat, and your diet is really important to you. So maybe you don't want to drink beer, but you love the taste. Check them out. And also CS Instant Coffee. I drink coffee every day. I don't even remember the last time I didn't have coffee when I woke up. That includes out in the wilderness. So now I have CS Instant Coffee that I take with me so I can keep that streak going. It's the most consistent thing I've ever done in my whole life is drink coffee every day. (laughs) All right. Well, hope you had a good weekend and enjoy the episode. Tom, welcome. Thank you, Mason. Glad to be here. Good, good, man. So, yeah, you, you mentioned before we started recording that you're uh, coming from just north of Toronto, which you uh, long winter, and you sound like you have some really nice uh, oceanfront plans for the summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, we uh, have a long winter. We got rid of our snow just a couple weeks ago, so I'm uh, just starting to ride the bike now. I've been doing some running over the winter, and... Uh, just a couple weeks ago, we did uh, did a 50k uh, trail run, like an endurance run, through uh, a lot of snow. So it was very long yes. and hard. Now you know I don't do a ton of long trails like that. Is it? I know it's tough to run on the snow or to have traction on the snow, um, but is that nice cool air coming up from underneath? Is that helpful at all, or is it really not matter? <laughs> Uh, you don't even notice that, really. Okay. Right. <laughs> You're just trying to stay upright and not fall down. Right, right. Kind of like biking on the snow without the proper bike. It's gonna, it's a challenge just try to stay on with the ice. Yeah, yeah. Coming down the hills is a little challenging. So, uh, tell us about uh, tell us about your plans this summer. 
and kind of where that came from. Then I want to kind of get into your backstory of, uh, you know, what you like to do, what kind of sports you like. And, uh, because this is, you know, this is a, this is a big adventure coming your way in the next, on at the end of the next month, which is getting really close for you. It's got to be on your mind, uh, day and night, really. Yeah. It's starting, uh, it's starting to add up for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So biking from uh, Vancouver, Canada, down to Los Angeles, uh, and doing it in support of uh, Alzheimer's disease. So trying to raise some money for that. Uh, my mom suffered with Alzheimer's, uh, and she passed away about ten years ago. And uh, I've always, I've always done some sort of adventure stuff on a smaller scale, but uh, and try to raise some money at the same time and. Uh, it's always usually been for cancer or mental health or stuff like this. So I thought this would be a good, uh, my, my parents, uh, one of their dreams really was to, to travel down the Pacific coast and see it not on a bike per se, but, uh, you know, traveling by car or, uh, RV or something. So I thought this would be a great way to give back or live their dream and, uh, raise some money at the same time. Now I, I assume that's something they didn't have the chance to do. No, they didn't. My uh, my dad passed away when uh, I was about 25 from uh, cancer, and uh, my mom just about uh, 10 years ago or so. And I used to live uh, close to the border in uh, just south of Vancouver for about a year or so. Uh, but I've uh, I biked around a little bit in there, a little bit in the northern states, and I've been uh, sort of windsurfing down the gorge area, uh, but never you know along the coast per se. So it's something your parents really wanted to do. That's really amazing that you're going to fulfill that dream. And it's for Alzheimer's disease. And, and you know, what, what was that experience like? How did it affect you? What, what were some of the challenges that I've never experienced that? So I, I know about it in, you know, little research, but you, re- you don't really know about a disease or about a problem until it's in your face every day. Then you, in a way, I'm sure become an expert on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not a nice disease for sure. It's, uh, you know, people can suffer with it for, for many years and it just, uh, it just deteriorates and deteriorates. So you, you know, you can't remember things and, uh, gets to a point where the person suffering can't remember, you know, names or events or things that happened in the past and then memories. And then, you know, my mom was basically at a point where, you know, we'd go visit her and she wouldn't know who we were sort of thing. And, uh, yes, yeah, you know, it's, it's not nice to, to suffer through and it's not nice to, uh, be on the other, other side of it either. Mm. No, man, that is, and that is something lots and lots of people are dealing with right now. And man, that's, that's a great, great thing to do it for. Um, have you ever done anything like this before? Uh, not on this scale. Um, a couple of years ago, I sort of invented a little trail run around here. So we have um, like rail trails, and there's a loop that goes around that's uh, measured to be about 165 kilometers. Me and a friend of mine, we set out to run this uh, loop in uh, in two days and uh, raise money for mental health awareness. So we've done things like that before, and a couple little bike trips. Um, you know, three days kind of thing, but nothing on this scale. That's quite a run. 165 yeah. kilometers. What is that? Like 
110, 20 miles or something? 110 miles, yeah. Dang. In, in two days. Golly, yeah. 48 hours. Holy cow. Pretty much all flat. That's the one good thing. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a long run for sure. But still, yeah, running, I don't care if you run 100 miles downhill, you know, it's, it's yeah. a long way. So you say that one's for mental health. What specifically, just general mental health or? Yeah, just general mental health. My, uh, you know, I think pretty much everybody's been affected. And, uh, you know, my my son at that time uh, recently, he had a friend that, uh, you know, sort of ended his life and you know, he went through you know, a bunch of bullying and stuff. And my other, my friend that I was doing it with, his son was sort of going through a, you know, a pretty tough time. And, you know, there's just, you know, there's a big stigma attached to it and uh, it doesn't need to be. So we're trying to raise some awareness for it and some money as well. Yeah, I totally agree. That's uh, a stigma that I don't think should exist. That So many people are dealing with something, myself included. I've been open about it on the show a few times, but yeah, it's something I have to definitely keep an eye on and that that gets bad sometimes and I have to just take care of myself because I deal with depression and man, so many people do and I was just reading a story about an NBA player who's dealing with it and you think he's got everything and he's dealing with it as much as anyone else is. Yeah, yeah, so true. Like everybody... Everybody suffers with it at some degree, some level, but, uh, you know, some is more than others, and, you know, there's no reason, you know, we should uh, have a stigma against it, right? Absolutely. And, you know, we think on this show and kind of in this in this industry, adventure sports is a great way, great way to combat it, great way to get through something, and or if it's something you deal with forever, it's a great way to, like I said, combat it and to also bring awareness to it. And, you know, something, a lot of people criticize uh, trips for causes because they're like, you know, you're just wanting to do it for this cause to help you, I don't know, pay for it or something. But man, I think it's one of the most incredible complimentary things to put together is adventure and causes. So the fact that you're doing this is Awesome. I did one of my big bike trips for mental health too a few years ago. But since it's your first time doing something on this scale, what's some what's some of your apprehension going in? What's some of your uh, concerns or, or excitement? Uh, how are you feeling? <laughs> well, <laughs> I have a lot of excitement. That's for sure. Apprehension, yeah. It's uh, you know, it's a big task. Part of the goal for me is to try to not go too fast because. You know, like I think a lot of times when I'm riding my bike and stuff, I, I would tend to go too fast and, and sort of burn out, right? So, you know, this kind of a distance, you know, day after day, you want to conserve your energy and be able to get up and go the next day. So just trying to keep a consistent kind of slowish pace, enjoy it, and just take it all in. I'm, I'm really excited just to, to meet people along the way and... Uh, you know, if I ride with somebody, that's great. If I don't, you know, I, I'm there to see the country and uh, see the sights and, yeah, just experience everything. Man, you are in for a treat. And I will say, yeah, slowing down is probably going to be a good thing. If you're used to running, you know, 165 kilometers in 48 hours, That's you're going to try You should do that on the, <laughs> that amount of miles or kilometers on a bike per day, much less running, um, because there's going to be so much to see. I assume you'll be taking Highway 1 on the coast for, for a lot of it? 
Yeah, that's uh, I haven't I haven't uh, actually looked at the the full route yet, but uh, what I see uh, a lot of it's on on one. I'm excited for you. It is a I've done that trip. Um, just stunning, stunningly beautiful. You've got the mountains. You've got the coast. Taking it slow and building those memories is going to be, I think, a very important thing to keep in mind. So, so, so you said one of your goals is to not to go too fast and to connect with people. Um, what are your hopes with that? What are your goals with connection? I understand it's a very popular route for people to do. So, you know, just meeting people along the way on the ride and even at the, the campsites and stuff and just chatting about, you know, whatever, right? What we experienced the day and what's coming up, what we've seen, you know, just just chatting about everything, just life in general. It's just, you know, not having deadlines, just out there enjoying enjoying life and enjoying the scenery. How long do you plan for it to take you? Well, I don't have a, a lot of uh, time off, so I have just over three weeks off. So I'm going to try to do it in three weeks. You're going to take full advantage of that three weeks off then. So, so <laughs> how uh, you're, you're not going to get rested. <laughs> if I can't make it in three weeks, then, uh, you know, I'll be uh, on a bus or something to get to the finish. But, uh, yeah, that's the goal anyways. Wow. Man, I can't tell you how excited I am for you to experience a a journey. You know, three weeks in normal life can just fly by. Three weeks on the road, uh, people talk about it all the time when we interview. Three weeks on the road feels like, it's going to feel like three months. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that. I'm sure with your 20, 48-hour runs, it feels a lot longer than two days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that felt like about two weeks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> Wow, you I mean just cuz what's what's happening every mile you go, everything you're seeing is brand new. So it's not like your brain doesn't have this ability to just kind of get an autopilot like it does in normal life. Like the same turns, the same commute, the same routine. It's it's every person you meet, every inch that you travel is brand spanking new. So it's almost like you're reborn like as a child to where everything you're seeing is the first time. It's an incredible, incredible sensation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, how how difficult was it to uh, to coordinate this with the pressure of normal life? Uh, <laughs> sort of hard and sort of not so bad. You know, it's uh, I haven't really had a, a vacation in quite a while, so uh, I think I'm you know long overdue. So, in that respect, I think it was pretty easy. Um, it's just trying to coordinate some of the some of my work schedules and stuff like that. Uh, but it seems to all come together and uh, everything's booked. So now I'm just uh, trying to get some gear together and figure out what I need, what I don't need, and uh, start planning the route. So, so what what does your family think? Uh, they're uh, they think I'm a little crazy, probably. Uh, so a lot of my friends are are very jealous and, uh, wish they could come along. Uh, but I kind of wanted, you know, I I really wanted to do this solo. Um, I just want to be in that position of, you know, being able and open to meet people and talk to people along the way. And so I think my, my goal later on would be to continue this and, uh, include my wife in this and do the, uh, do the trip from Alaska down to Vancouver, but that would probably be a couple of years away. Wow. Talk about an epic route, Alaska to Vancouver scenery for the entire trip. 
Yeah, that one, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure that one's going to take a lot longer, but, uh, you know, the scenery and just, you know, everything would just be pretty epic. Well, you, you mentioned something important for people that have ideas for something like this. It's some people think you're crazy and other people are really jealous. That's, that's usually a sign of a good balance. You know? <laughs> yeah. You don't want everyone to think you're crazy. That's but you right. don't want anyone to just, you don't want everyone to go with you either because it's probably not, I don't know, difficult enough or something. But that's uh, really interesting that you, you bring that up. So you mentioned you haven't had a vacation for a while. Is that just just demanding job? Yeah, just uh, just work. Like, you know, I get, you know, had a few days off here and there, but not, nothing like, you know, more than a week or, you know, two weeks or something like that. So having three weeks off straight is, uh, it's going to be a real, uh, you know, a real, a real nice occasion. And to spend that just on the bike and doing this is going to be uh, just amazing. So we want to thank our sponsor, Athletic Brewing, for promoting a healthy lifestyle through making some of the world's best non-alcoholic craft beer. They make excellent tasting NA for healthy, active, modern adults. They use certified all-organic grains, and each can of non-alcoholic beer is only between 50 and 70 calories. They have IPA, golden ale, stouts, and tons of seasonal offerings. And recently, they actually just took home the gold medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships for their Double Hop IPA. If you would like to get your hands on some, you can save 15% by using the code ADVENTURE at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic Brewing, the best tasting way to keep your promises. And I also want to thank our sponsor, CS Instant Coffee, for making this show happen. They make 100% Arabica Instant Coffee. They use compostable packaging, and each package makes about 20 ounces of coffee. So I'll take one of those with me on an overnight trip, and it makes two pretty good-sized cups of coffee. And it's an awesome feeling knowing I can just throw that in my backpack, find some hot water, and I'm good to go. Save 20% by using the code ADVENTURE at csinstant.coffee. And so with the planning, what, what's what been one thing that's uh, been more difficult than you expect uh, that maybe someone not planning a trip wouldn't know? Um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't really sure about uh, some of the gear and stuff because it seems to be a big change now with going from, you know, the big panniers on the back and front and going more of the... Uh, Know, the the bags on the bike sort of thing. I've got a rack and some panniers, uh, and I've used that on a couple you know smaller tours like three days and stuff. And I remember putting the rack on, and it was so heavy. Just you know, pick it up with with nothing in the bags, and it my bike seemed like it was you know three times the weight. Uh, so I'm I'm looking at you know just doing like the bike packing type thing and just putting a couple bags on there and. Uh, you know, trying to trim down some of the fat so uh, I don't have to haul so much weight, and uh, that'll make it a lot easier, I think. Yeah, that, that's probably a good idea. You know, the the bike. You know, like you're saying with those fabric attachments to the bike itself, like uh, yeah. the Velcro and everything. The are, so, are you taking a road bike or a, a touring bike or something similar? Uh, I picked up a I picked up a cheap um, sort of cross bike, so it's like a touring bike. Oh, nice. A little wider tire, but more like a kind of a road frame, I guess, but a little wider tire. 
Perfect. Yeah, you'll be good to go. Yeah, I will say one thing about those fabric attachments to the bike is, you know, that when when the bike rattles around, it doesn't... I've had racks break on me. Like, literally, the bolts holding it to the frame will just snap if I hit a big pothole or something. But I've also got a bike packing set up that's, you know, obviously never going to do that. It's, It's all fabric so it's it's it has a lot more give but it's really sturdy it's it's uh, a lot more streamlined than the than the panniers on the side and or the saddlebags and all that yeah that's interesting people are moving away from that and into the bike packing setup for both touring and off-road touring yeah it, it seems to make sense to me like you know it's more streamlined as you say and it's uh you know the the center of gravity is better too. You can put a you can put a frame bag in there, and center of gravity is is right there, so it's more maneuverable as well. Yeah, I will say, riding a fully loaded, fully loaded touring bike with front and back saddlebags is one heck of a thing to have to get used to. It's it's kind of like pedaling a dirt bike. You're just yeah. it's uh, I don't know if you've ever done it, but it is super heavy. It takes yeah. it takes a good week to get used to that weight. And then when you take it yeah. all off, you're I mean, you feel like you could just bike up stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that yeah, it's like picking up a picking up a motorbike if it's leaned over, right? It is. It <laughs> really so much is. Weight there. Mhm. I mean, it, you you can easily if you're touring for months on end, you can easily get over 100 120 pounds which you know i don't know what a dirt bike weighs but i'm sure it ain't that far off (laughs) yeah yeah exactly oh man so yeah you said you had you know a lot of people want to join you um, but you want to do it solo now is that something you just don't get the chance to do adventures or, or even hikes or something around home solo very often uh no i i do but uh i just uh I read one of the books. I think the the gentleman was on your show with uh, called "Downhills Don't Come Free." I can't mm. remember the the author's name, but he did uh, he did a bike trip from Alaska down to Mexico, I believe, and he'd never ridden a bike before. I don't think, or he hadn't done very much. I don't think he didn't know how to change a tire or anything, and uh, he did it solo, and he. Uh, his logic and uh, you know what he said along the way was you know when you're alone you're you're more approachable to other people and people will help you and you know if you're with somebody else um, maybe not so much and you're you're less approachable and I just find I want I, you know I just think I, on this trip I I would like to be that way and especially with you know tying it into my parents and stuff uh, you know it's I think doing a solo is just uh, what I sort of wanted to do and what I gravitated towards. There's going to be some serious time for reflection. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all day, first of all. And then when you're done for the day, man, the people, the, you know, that that is, I'm glad you're saying that because that's one thing I don't think people realize about a journey and adventure. It's the most beautiful memories and experiences tend to be the ones you could never plan for. You know what I mean? You can look at that route all day of the West Coast that you're, you know, you can look at the Atlas or Google Maps or whatever you're using, but you have no idea what's going to happen over those miles. The people that you're going to run into, the friendships that you'll make, there it, it's it's life-changing. Every sense of the word and it just fills you so full of joy and life that uh 
I don't know. It's just something I would never think of beforehand with a trip. But looking back, it's always the most cherished parts of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that way either. But uh, you know, the, the more I read on on some of these people that have done these trips, uh, you know, that's that's what they say, and uh, that makes it very interesting. I think. And it, it'll be interesting to hear your perspective afterwards. Uh, I, I realize if I don't do a trip for a while, my my worldview starts to turn towards the negative. I don't know if that's something you're foreseeing or not, but uh, after a trip it always gets just you know blown to the side of the positive because it's crazy like throwing yourself out there in the, that dangerous world is what it took to change my entire view of of how i see what's really going on out there if that makes sense yeah and I, yeah and i think um you know most people you know the majority of people in the world are nice people and and that's not what's portrayed in the media. And you know, when you when you get out there in the real world, and you're and you're, you know, faced with all these uh, obstacles and stuff, and you know, doing things actively outside and meeting people outside, you know, you're sharing something with other people, and you know that common bond just brings people together. It really does. Pe- people love helping someone on a journey, especially when it's uh for a good cause like this. So, so when it comes to the, uh, the cause, um, raising money and awareness for Alzheimer's, are you doing anything specific for the trip with that? As far as, uh, setting anything up a Facebook page or something? Yeah, I have a, um, I have a Facebook and a, um, Instagram account called, uh, ride to remember 2019. Uh, I think that's the same name for both Instagram and uh, Facebook. And there's a um, there's a donation um, link on both of those uh, sites uh, to go and just to uh, to donate. So if anybody wants to donate, uh, you know, be happy to to accept that for sure. I don't, you know, I don't get anything at all. It goes a hundred percent to the Alzheimer's society. So, um, I'm doing this for that. I'm not doing this for any profit or anything. Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh man. That's uh, so, so what part of the trip are you the most excited about? <laughs> uh, I'm really, I'm actually very excited to, uh, go through the, uh, the tall redwoods. That's, uh, that just seems amazing to me. They're huge. Yeah. So the yeah, yeah, the pictures that I've seen are, you know, amazing and I'm I'm sure it just, you know, 10 times is more amazing when you actually go through it. You'll be able to get off the bike in places and uh walk out in uh, the middle of a grove and stand in, you know, hundreds of them and they're all so open between each one. You'll notice like there's an under layer of ferns in a lot of places and then the the canopies are like 300 feet above you and all that open space just with these giant shafts of, of redwood. It, it's like you're in a cathedral, honestly. It's yeah, amazing. It looks, it looks amazing. And, and probably that and, uh, you know, going just, you know, just along the coast, just experiencing all the views and, uh, you know, the waves and the ocean and some of the mountains along the way. And, yeah, and the people. You know, I'm really looking forward to just meeting people and, you know, riding with, you know, people here and there sort of thing. 
You know, it, it, it is kind of like, it definitely is a popular trail, but it's not like there's thousands of people out there doing it. You will pass people, but it's not like a hiking trail where everyone on the trail is hiking. It's going to be an overwhelming majority of vehicles and sightseers yeah. and you'll, you'll, you'll have that connection with the other cyclists. You'll be like, Hey, you're doing this too. Let's, you know, it's just gonna, it's gonna lead to so much. And I'm sure you're looking forward to the nice, warm coastal weather. <laughs> yeah. I'm sort of wondering about the rain. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, you have up in the Pacific Northwest to start it off. So, so, yeah. so, so, you know, you say you haven't taken, you know, looking, looked at the route yet, but you're starting in Vancouver. And do you, do you know where you're going to cross over and kind of how you're going to get through uh, Washington? Crossing right at White Rock on the on the Canadian side. Okay. And then, I don't know, I, I bought a Pacific Coast book that shows me the route from there. I can't remember the, the town that I go to first, but, uh, yeah, it looks a little, uh, it's, it's kind of straightforward, I think. Okay, just make your way to the coast as fast as possible and... Start heading south. Yeah, so I'm, I'm meeting up. My, my brother lives uh, just south of Vancouver, so I'm meeting up with him, and uh, we're going to ride the first day or a little bit of the day, anyways, together, and then uh, and then I'm on my own from there. So, so what uh, are you nervous about it at all? I guess you know some nerves about just general things, but you know you put it all in perspective, and you know like if I if I can't find a campsite or something i just you know i'll just camp on the side of the road somewhere like i i, I don't think that's going to be a problem but that's probably all of my worries i would say yeah stealth stealth camping is uh can cause a lot of apprehension for people but once you get used to it you'll be you'll be fine the bike is very easy to uh to hide <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 you can just push it anywhere you want. You know, if you're in a car, it's a lot harder to hide it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, there will be plenty of places. I, I man, I'm. I, I keep saying it, but I just I love to hear from people right before a trip. So you say you're just nervous about that, and you've mentioned what you're most excited about. Um, what do you hope the outcome is for you? What do you hope this does to you and for you? I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. Um, you know, I I hope to complete it for sure and uh, and have a lot of fun along the way. And uh, you know, I would hope that uh, it sort of sparks uh, more adventures uh, to come along the same lines. Like I'd love to. You know, I thought about doing something like this for you know a very long time since I was a kid. I just never thought it was. Uh, within my capability and, uh, reading some of these books, uh, I find it's, you know, totally within my realm. So I, I think, uh, in the future, I'd love to just explore more of the world on the bike. You, you mentioned you've been wanting to do this for a while now, which is one of my questions. Um, but you felt like you couldn't, why do you, why do you feel like it was out of the realm of what's possible for you? Um, I don't know. I just, I just always, I think I just always thought it was, you know, for someone who was in, you know, super, super good shape that could just ride and ride and ride. And, you know, hearing about some of these people that have, uh, you know, written these books and I read the books and, you know, they're not in super shape and they're, you know, they're just out 
having fun and just uh, rolling along sort of thing. And, you know, I think I'm totally within that uh, capability. And uh, I look forward to, to doing it. So, so this, this must be a, this must have been a slow climb for you in the sense of like building up to it because anyone who can run 165 kilometers in 48 hours, in my opinion, can do a, quite a few things, um, the physical. So, so what kind of led you, or have you always been active? Oh yeah, I've always been active. Uh, we grew, I grew up, um, skiing a lot. So my, uh, uh my dad's uh basically started uh one of the local ski resorts around here was one of the original uh founders and uh, sort of you know cut the trees down and did all that kind of stuff and so just growing up you know i was on skis uh before i was two probably and uh grew up um ski racing and uh just you know training for ski racing uh you know as an off-season sport got into cycling and you know, a little bit of, you know, just general fun racing, like mountain bikes and stuff like that. And yeah, just, you know, lots of sports, very active. How does one start a ski resort? <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. You cut down trees and how, what do you do then? I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's the thing that amazes me. Like nowadays I find people aren't adventurous and, you know, even myself, you know, this is. You know, this has taken a while for me to do, and uh, you know, nowadays people aren't adventurous. And you know, back in the day when my dad was growing up, you know, he was—I don't know, twenty or twenty, you know, twenty-five maybe—and him and a few friends started a started a ski resort. And you know, they're you know, cutting down trees and you know, using dynamite to blow up trees and cut hills and stuff like that. And you know, let's. That's unheard of nowadays. Dang, yeah, no kidding. That's uh, that's ambitious. So you <laughs> yeah. so so you say people nowadays aren't adventurous. I, I assume your father was adventurous. Well, of course, because he did that. But did he maintain that throughout his life and kind of show you show you that? Yeah, he was always uh, adventurous. I, I read something recently that was uh, you know, basically saying that you know, you're uh, you're a direct product of your of your parents and your and your upbringing and stuff and i look back at my at my dad who's you know started this resort and you know he'd take me on different ski trips to uh different places like backcountry things and stuff and you know that's very adventurous and then my mom on the other hand was you know she uh she's a lot of volunteering for the alzheimer's society and uh stuff like that and you know more of the philanthropist type thing and you know, and, and, you know, I, I find that, you know, if I combine the two, which is what I'm doing right now, uh, you know, that's a direct, uh, direct product. Wow. Definitely a way to honor them both at the same time. Holy cow. I'm sure this is something your father would be, uh, pretty interested in. Oh yeah, for sure. They always talked about, you know, going down the coast, uh, in an RV and just, uh, you know, taking it all in and maybe, uh, linking it up with some some skiing here and there sort of thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that never happened. But uh, hopefully they're going to see it through my eyes. Wow. That's pretty powerful stuff, honestly. Do, do you still uh, do you still ski where your father cleared out those trees? Yeah, I do, actually. No I, way. Uh, actually co- I coach a kids racing program there. 
Holy cow. What is it called? Is it a ski resort or is it just kind of a, a place for just a Yeah, it's a little ski resort called Snow Valley now. God, that is crazy, man. Y'all have like a reserved uh, chairlift or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the one of the hills there is named after him, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks? Hard Knocks, yeah. That was his... Uh, my dad's nickname when he played lacrosse, so they uh, they named one of the one of the harder hills there after him. Hopefully, that's a term of uh, endearment, not that he was hard headed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool, actually. Dang, um, what a story! So your father did that way back in the day and was able to kind of stay around there and build on that legacy to the point where his son still skis there. That's a uh, yeah, that's really neat. So do do you hope anything similar to that comes out of this trip for you? I know you're not, you know, physically cutting anything down or making anything, but you are in a way doing something really ambitious. You know, I guess in a way I I hope um some of this um is sort of, you know, taken over, I guess or whatever um through my son too. So my son now is uh 19 almost 20. We did a little bike tour. I guess we've done a couple little bike tours together. Uh, just like three day things, but they were, you know, 300 kilometers. And, uh, you know, for his, I think the first one we did, he was only 12 or something long distance for a little guy and, uh, he did really well. So, you know, I, I try to include him, uh, in some of the adventures that I do, like some of the backcountry skiing we do now and, uh, some little bike tours or, you know, we just running races together and stuff like that. So I think that'll, uh, That'll pass down to him, too. I think he's pretty interested in that kind of stuff as well. That's awesome. I'm sure at that age, seeing your dad doing something so out of the box and so out of the norm has got to be cool. It's got to be cool for you to to show him, like, hey, you can do stuff like this with your life, you know? You know, you don't have to just work forever and pay bills forever. You can... I mean, you can do a lot in three weeks, and obviously, you're taking three weeks to do something pretty much bike across an entire country. Yeah, that, and that's what I think people lose sight of a lot in, in life is you know, life is here to enjoy it, right? We're only going around once, so uh, I don't know why you want to spend all your time working. Let's you know, let's get out and see the world and enjoy ourselves. Absolutely. So, so as you go into this, you say a bunch of books have inspired you. The show has helped inspire you to realize that anyone can do this. Um, they just got to get moving. What advice do you have for somebody that might be in the middle of just a demanding life or in the middle of, you know, a semester in college or, or too old, they think, and they just think, I, I'm not capable to do this anymore or I don't have the time or the money or, or the ability. What do you say to someone like that? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think, you know, pick a dream and, uh, and go after it. You know, you can always, you can have smaller dreams and, uh, work towards something bigger, but always, you know, always have something in mind and for sure, just keep active, like whatever you're doing in life, uh, keep active. It's, you know, I find it really, really depressing sort of, uh, watching kids nowadays who who don't don't like going outside and enjoying life, they'd rather spend time inside, you know, on the computer or whatever. And uh, you know, there's a there's a whole big world out there to explore. Man, and, and, you know, it's sad. It's they don't even know what they're missing. You know, like you you don't even if you've never even been in the first place, you don't even know 
how awesome it is out there in the in the first place. And then once you know, it's a heck of a lot easier to turn your phone off or shut the computer and and go out there. Yeah, I think uh, you know one of the one of the worst things that that was probably invented was having those little TVs in the in the cars. Because I remember I remember going on trips with my parents down to New Jersey and wherever and uh, just looking at the window for hours and just, you know, it was, you know, maybe it was boring, but it was, you know, you got to see the country and now people just, you know, the kids stare at the screens in the back and they watch a movie, but, you know, they don't see anything until they get to their de- destination. Mm. And that's amazingly true. You know, it's not a big deal, but the other night I was working out on the little porch here outside the house and I was working out there and it was a nice cool night and uh I just had my laptop and you know it's got that you know glow and it just strains your eyes and I shut it once I was done with emails or something and there was a full moon out and I didn't even notice and I just looked up at it and then I was like holy cow that's a that's a a a planet essentially you know this that's this celestial being up there it's just crazy to think about then i had some binoculars out there so i just i bet i stayed 45 minutes out there just looking at the sun and it was so much more fun than everything i had got done on that screen all day you know (laughs) and i I didn't even get up it was just all right there and i thought gosh that is real that is all that that moon is real right there that is crazy and then the stars were out and you've got to just take time and look around like that yeah, and sometimes we just don't see it under our noses, right? Exactly, exactly. And, man, I tell you what, you're going to have, well, you can't have a screen on the bike, so <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be forced to look at it all for your own safety. <laughs> and and also, you know, I know, you, I know you've done those runs. I think one thing you'll, you'll what you've done, some bike trips, it's, it's a peaceful way to travel. It really is. It's not... It's smooth, you know, it's downhill. I mean, the downhills, you can just kind of glide and zone out and enjoy it. And, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's from a seat, but it's also, it's very peaceful. I'd have to say it's hard work, but it's peaceful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Gosh, it's going to be so cool. And I'm probably annoying people how many times I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Well, man, do you have any? Uh, I know you shared how people can follow you. Do you do you have anything else you'd like to plug or share? Uh, not really. So uh, you know, I'll be on Facebook and uh, and Instagram on Ride to Remember 2019. And uh, so my plan is to is to try to update that you know as much as I can along the way. I, you know, I I say every day, but uh, who knows? You know. What, where I'm going to be and stuff, what kind of uh, service I'm going to have and stuff like that. So, you know, I try to update as much as I can to uh, share, you know, photos and uh, little stories along the way as well. Keep us updated. I want to hear how it goes and I want to hear how it is after you're done because, you know, three weeks is going to fly by for us here in the normal world. For you, though, you're going to feel like it's a separate life altogether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, super looking forward to it. Well, keep up the good work and uh, keep proving that you don't have to be Lance Armstrong to do something like this. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mason. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for having me on too. Really enjoy the the podcast you put on here. Well, appreciate it, Tom. And it's you know people like you that make this show happen, man. We we 
we we talk to people and doing something they never thought they could do. So it's it's inspiring for us. Great, thanks. Yes, sir. All right, well, have a good one. All right, take care, Mason. All right, yes, sir. Talk soon. Bye. All right, bye. Well, first of all, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It really means the world to us that you want to spend your time with us. If you'd like to help us further, please just leave us a review on iTunes, share us on social media, tell your friends about us. You can become a patron, a supporter of the show for $5 a month at patreon.com slash adventuresportspodcast. And if you know somebody that would make a good guest, reach out. We're always looking for good adventure and outdoor stories. And lastly, thank you to our sponsors whose messages follow right now. Athletic Brewing makes the best non-alcoholic craft beer. Go to their website at athleticbrewing.com and use the code in our show notes to save 15% on your first order. After all this adventure talk, if you're needing some gear yourself, but you need some advice before buying, go to backpacktribe.com where you can ask questions to the owners who have experience with all the gear as well as all of it for sale right there on their website.